Yoga in all its forms has been a support for me in my life through all the highs and lows. It's opened my mind and my heart in ways I never knew were possible. It has been a teacher, a taskmaster, and a friend. This podcast is an offering. I wish to share the teachings of yoga with you as a tool to help navigate life. Namaste and welcome. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. We are discussing the limbs of yoga, Ashtanga yoga, as put forth by Patanjali. And we are on Pratyahara. So we have Yama, Niyama, Asana. Those are the first three limbs. Pranayam, fourth limb, Pratyahara fifth limb. So we are on the fifth limb of an eight-limbed path. And Pratyahara is defined as withdrawal of the senses, sense restraint. Well, what does that mean? Well, it is the practice of going inward, but not just going inward, being able to withdraw your senses. So your senses whether it be sight, sound, smell, touch, and even taste, your senses are always seeking outward. What can we see next? What can we label next? What can we taste next? If you've ever been, uh, you may be this kind of person, or if you've ever been shopping with this kind of person, they are very, uh, they need to touch things in the store. So they need to always feel the fabric or touch the thing or pick up the object. It could be a little disconcerting if you're shopping with with a young person, a child that's like that. But you see adults that need to reach out and touch the things. That's their senses. That's one of the ways that they are going to experience the object. The object, whether it be a, a sweater or a vase, um, some people just need to touch. They need to feel the oranges in the supermarket and so on. But there's all the, all the senses are out there seeking all the time. And Pratyahara is about, let's bring them all back in. It's like corralling a bunch of puppies or it's about, you know, a bunch of uh, youngsters that need to, okay, we're all going to come back in from, you know, playtime. We were all out on the playground during recess, and now we need to get all the little kitties back into the classroom. Well, we need to get all of our sensory perception tools back inward because what we are leading towards is, well, the final limb of yoga, but of course, there's so much more to yoga than just the eight limbs, but they are the foundational practices. But the the final limb that we'll discuss is samadhi or complete absorption. We first have to look at this withdrawal of the senses, and then uh, you'll hear about concentration and meditation before samadhi. So that's the point. The point is, if we don't draw everything in, the senses that are always outwardly seeking, well, then we don't have experience of our inner essence. Everything that matters is happening inside of you. That's the big secret. And maybe we've let that secret out a few times over these discussions, but that's the secret. You know, the magic is within, right? The kingdom of heaven is within. There is nothing outside of you that can even come close to what you are capable on the inside. 
So everything we need is all here, all ready, and it's all fine. None of it's broken, and some of it might seem a little dented or a little tarnished a bit, but we are not here because we're broken. We're, we are here to be reminded of our wholeness. It's already an intrinsic part of our nature. It is our nature. The truth of our nature is wholeness. So Pratyahara, it's the practice of withdrawing the senses. Uh, as we turn inward, we're, we're going we're gonna to naturally let go of the outer attachments. And that's the point. When you and you'll hear this term repeated a lot, is hone the skill of pratyahara. When you become well-practiced at drawing back into yourself, well, that's where you want to be. That's home. So these attachments that we have to external objects, outer experiences, people, events, um, we're going to be able to let go of our attachments to that which is happening outside of ourselves um, our, because our, our senses are going to become more finely honed as we become more skillful at orienting ourselves inward. So as we become less um, tossed about by external objects and events, we recognize the stillness within and that stillness speaks to us. Now, this thing about attachment, which we'll talk about many times throughout discussions of yoga and yoga philosophy, people hear that word attachment. Well, you're saying that I'm going to let go of outer attachments. Thanks, but no thanks. You know, why, why is it one of the goals of yoga to be non-attached. Well, it is a focus of yoga. The focus of yoga is not to live an unplugged kind of flatlined life. The focus of yoga is to be wholly and fully present, united wholly and fully in the now. Because that's where the gems are right now. The, the obscurations of the mind, the colorings of the mind, they come from thoughts from the past. You have no power over the past anymore. It happened. You can learn from it, but then you have to let it go. And the worrying about the future, oh, how I wish we could control anything in the future. But you can't. You can't. But we still try. So this yoga, again, is about accepting the present moment exactly as it is, and being comfortable in our seat with that, in our posture with what is. Okay, so the idea about attachments or non-attachment, it's not about not loving fully. It's not about not having connection to others. It's not a preventative I'm going to live a non-attached life as a yogini, and that means I'm going to prevent myself from experiencing pain, grief, loss, betrayal, etc. Nope, that's not what it is. In a nutshell, and again, we'll unpack this more in future episodes, a non-attachment looks like when things, events occur in your life, 
that create pain, loss, and those types of feelings. It's not that we don't feel those things because we've loved and because we've experienced connection. Non-attachment is about not allowing, through the practices of yoga, not allowing those events to hijack our sense of self, our true sense of self. So non-attachment is more about knowing that when certain events occur in our lives that feel catastrophic and may very well be catastrophic in the moment, the truth of it is that they will not rob us of our true sense of self. We will be altered by these experiences and that's growth. That's why they happen. No one's out to get us. Really, no one's out to get us. So a lot of times we get in the way of other people's behaviors and that has everything to do with themselves. We don't really want to personalize it, but we want to learn from it. For sure, we want to learn from it. And what you're really learning from it is not necessarily how to behave in relationship to that person that hurt you, but how did that experience or what did that experience reveal to you about yourself? And to hold on to the truth of who you are, no matter what is rocking the boat around you. That's non-attachment. It's about not losing your sense of self when you experience loss, grief, you know, betrayal, pain, crises. I'm still here. My sense of self is still intact. And then we, as I said, we reflect, learn, and grow from there. And again, it doesn't mean that you're not hobbled for a time being. It doesn't mean that you're trying to get to a place where you're, you're unaffected. No, no. Because the unfortunate truth is the, the more our heart gets broken, the more it gets broken open. And the more our heart gets broken open, the greater we recognize its, its, its enormity and its ability for compassion and empathy. So Pratyahara is about withdrawal of the senses, recognizing the habitual patterns of being drawn outward, whether it be a shiny object, whether it be anything that is catching your attention and your senses are jumping here and there for. We need, we need to calm down the environment. We need to draw everything back in so that we can steady the mind and prepare it for, again, concentration, meditation, and so forth. And so we, we want to also recognize that pratyahara, this withdrawal of the senses, is the last of the outer limbs. So as we go into the final three, again, dharana, dhyana, samadhi, concentration, meditation, and what I define samadhi as complete absorption, those are going to be um, 
you know, more about being fully inner focused. So this is where we're gaining mastery at turning off the external distractions. Pratyahara prevents the sensory perceptions from entering our inner consciousness. So we become our inner consciousness almost, well, it doesn't almost, our inner consciousness becomes impenetrable. That's the practice of Pratyahara. To be able to restrain my senses and say, okay, I have enough freaking input. I mean, really, if you think about it, you know, we're just taking in stimuli and information all the time. But, but something that's very important also is that Pratyahara is a direct um, byproduct, I guess you could say, of pranayama, which was the limb that preceded this, which is breath regulation. So breath regulation, it leads to the ability to hone the skill of calming the senses and drawing them inward. They, they go together. They go together with asana, right? So you, you notice the real side effects of the physical yoga practice, again, the asana, and pranayama are moving inward, drawing away from the external distractions or, um, you know, that which is going on outside of you. And we begin to experience a, a steady, slow, smooth pattern of breathing that enables us to withdraw the senses, which promotes greater concentration. Again, the next limb. So you prime the body with asana. And all of the uh, introspection that that offers, right? We learn a lot about ourselves on the mat. We learn a lot about ourselves in the way we approach the asana. We're taking balance poses in asana and we're falling out of tree pose or we're falling out of Natarajasana dancer's pose. And we're going, oh, you know, getting frustrated with ourselves. Like, why can't I do this? And look at this other student. Like she's holding the pose for eternity. I can see a glow coming off. You know, all this silly narrative that goes on in our head. So you got to listen to your thoughts while you're on the mat. You have to be mindful of your approach to the asana. We talked about all of this, right? But the asana is priming the body because a tense, tight, constricted body does not enable the breath regulation and the breath practices doesn't allow the prana to flow. Pranayama, prana, life force, vital energy. It's not going to flow on a kinked up body. Okay, so we prime it with the asana and then the vital life force energy, the prana can flow more effortlessly, but there, there can be effort. We can do active heating, breathing exercises and the like. And that coupled together brings us to a place where we are able to withdraw the senses. That's how it works. And that's why that pratyahara, this pratyahara is the last of the um, outer limbs, because then we're going really in, we're going in, in. But we want to think about this activity of the mind, right? We'll always go back to the second sutra, yoga, Naroda. yoga calms the fluctuations of the mind. That is why we do this. We do this because we know our mind is darting all over the place. And it's truly, truly necessary for us to start just getting that, you know, harnessing that energy of the mind. The mind labels everything. That's its job. And that's why when we talk about meditation, 
we'll talk about it, which we have before, how challenging it really can be to sit and meditate because the mind is going, oh, buddy, wait a minute. Oh, hold on. I'm doing the thinking. That's what I do. I do the thinking. I do the labeling. I do the analyzing. I do the rumination. I do the worry. I do the storytelling. I do the chatter. Sometimes I jump into an Adele song. I do it all. And you want me to sit and be what? Still and quiet? Nope. So we have to understand that that's the nature of the mind. And what the mind is doing when we're not even aware of it, it is constantly labeling. So it's like you walk into a room and you don't realize that the mind is on high alert. It's going chair, table, flowers, dog, couch, window, it do, door. It's doing it all the time. So you are only aware of a portion of the mind's activity. So it just reminded me of that. Um, many of you may not know this movie. It's It's kind of... It wasn't a popular movie, and I'm trying to remember the name. It was called Forget Paris. I don't know why this just popped into my head, but, you know, that's what happens. Forget Paris, starring Billy Crystal and Deborah Winger. I think Billy Crystal was some kind of a sport agent or basketball manager or something. Anyway, not the point. But there was this uh, Deborah Winger's father in the movie. I think he was played by, the guy's name was Hickey, I think. And much, much, much older actor. Anyway, if, if anyone's ever seen Forget Paris, there's a scene where Billy Crystal has to drive his father-in-law around and the father-in-law sits in the passenger seat of the car and he just starts naming all the stores they pass. Mattress City. <laughs> and he's like naming the slogans, you know, it's something like six guys from Greece, um, Mediterranean food, you know, uh, you asked for it. You got it. Toyota. This guy is an external manifestation of what your mind is doing all the time. And sorry that I made you just have to experience that very obscure movie, Forget Paris. And now you're probably going to go into a downward spiral Googling it. It's probably not worth watching, but anything with the word Paris in it, I watch. Your mind is constantly labeling things when you know it and when you're not even aware of it. So realizing that, it's just so exhausting. It's so exhausting. And that's without this understanding of the importance of this practice, this limb, pratyahara, we make meditation practice harder for ourselves. Because again, it's like, I'm just going to sit down, light a piece of incense and meditate. Maybe I'll breathe and maybe I'll know I'm breathing. I heard that somewhere that I should know I'm breathing. But there's there's steps before this. You know, we prime the body to be able to sit in meditation. Again, this is ancient. This is thousands of years old. That's how the yoga asanas got started because they had hips that would hurt and feet that would fall asleep and lumbar spines that would be uncomfortable. And they're like, I got to stretch or something first, you know, and then they realize, well, I'm breathing a little better now that I stretch my body. And huh, I seem to be able to calm my external environment a little bit. Look at me. I'm concentrating like crazy or I'm meditating. And we'll talk about those in the next few episodes. But with Pratyahara, our attention is inwardly concentrated. We're not registering sights and sounds and, and all of that. We're no longer uh, distracted by the external objects. Our senses, well, they're essentially turned off to some degree to the best you can do. You know, you, um, again, you're ingesting so much information daily 
Um, the technical definition of pratyahara is um, technical. It has to do with it's opposed to ingestion. Pratyahara technically means opposed to ingestion. So think about that. It's like, I am opposed to putting anything more in. I don't want anything. I can't take any more in. I choose not to. I just want to get quiet. And um, it can you imagine doing that just for a few minutes a day? It feels great just to say, you can't come in right now. You know, I need to quiet down. And the Bhagavad Gita Arjun is in a conversation with Krishna. And Krishna represents the higher self. He represents divinity, God, all of that. And Arjuna is the charioteer. And they're discussing this universal struggle between spiritual development and sensory indulgence. And Krishna attempts to help Arjuna understand that true happiness is detaching from sensory experience, drawing inward to connect with the light within, our true nature. That's, you got to tap into that. It's right in there. It's like, uh, you, you, have the, you have the power all along. I always go back to Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. But you have this illustrious gem right inside of you. You know, another focus is, or visual rather, is the, and I'll probably use this in the next few episodes, and I've used it before, but the ocean floor. Uh, the ocean floor is always calm and still. And on the surface, it can be rough, crazy seas. You know, boats are tossing about left and right. But as you plumb the ocean, as you go further down, it gets quieter and quieter and quieter. Well, a lot of the world is crazy. And, and your living room could be crazy, you know. But you have the power to go within at any given moment. Pratyahara, withdraw the senses. Connect with a smooth, steady, slow breath. Have Stretch the body. Just raise the arms overhead. Shake out the limbs a little bit. Do some side standing stretches and... Just, just move your body. It doesn't have to be fancy yoga poses all the time. And then draw your senses in. Say, I cannot take another thing in. Put the phone down. Close the laptop. Shut off the television. Shut off the music even. go. Music draws you out. That's why it's very interesting when you go to a yoga class in a studio and they're playing music with lyrics during Shavasana. Even during the actual asana class, which I definitely do from time to time to evoke a certain mood, but not always because music draws you out. It can give you obviously a very transcendent experience as well, but it depends on the music. But if you're playing lyrical music, it's, it's drawing you out. It's just another sense. It's sound. So I'm asking you to draw in, practice that a few moments a day through, um, through the yamas and the niyamas, you know, asana, pranayama, the energy of the body is, is the mastery or is the focus. Pratyahara is about the agency of the mind. So this is what's forming the final, the foundation for the final three limbs is the ability to draw in your senses, quiet your environment, your um, craving of external sensory experiences so that we can start to plumb the depths 
of your inner being. Pratyahara, withdrawal of the senses. Thank you for listening. Hands together at the Heart Center. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be healthy and strong. May all beings be safe and protected. May all beings live with ease. Namaste.